This is episode number 286 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, it's Jesse. I am jumping in before we get to today's show to let you know that To Pregnancy and Beyond is open for enrollment now for a limited time window. To Pregnancy and Beyond is our long time running. We're almost celebrating eight years. Free postnatal fitness training program for reconnecting with yourself while safely strengthening your whole body and pelvic floor anytime in pregnancy, postpartum, and parenthood. We are super intentional into pregnancy and beyond that this is a non-diet approach to your exercise fitness training. So parenting and pregnancy and birthing, we recognize as so challenging within itself. And we don't want you to feel any additional external or internal pressures for your body shape or size composition to need to be different in order for you to feel as well as possible in your body and also to thrive in your life. So to Pregnancy Beyond is an evidence-based, effective, and dare I say, enjoyable, simple to follow workout plan. Again, through any trimester in pregnancy, any time point postpartum, or in any phase of parenthood you might be in. This is an online program that you will follow at home or from the gym, wherever you have access to do your exercising. So go to the link in today's show notes for all the details on joining us into pregnancy and beyond. Registration will close on Sunday, May 21st, and we would be so delighted to work with you, support you, and be in community with you. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse, and we're here with my friend and colleague, Jenna. Thank you so much for being here. Hi. I'm so excited to talk to you today about things that we have talked about before, but you have a bit of more distance from it now, which is your experience with pregnancy postpartum birth early parenthood which you're still in but we haven't really we haven't really had a chat about these things in quite a while since you were a member of our two pregnancy and beyond fitness coaching program so that's what I want to talk about today with you Jenna let's do it do you want to give the people a little intro to you because you also work in fitness. That's really how we were connected initially before you came into to pregnancy and beyond. So yeah, give us a little rundown. What do you do in your professional work? 
So uh, my name is Jenna Josephowski. I am, I call myself a semi-retired professional dance teacher. I'm also a dance teacher, used to be a yoga teacher. Now I'm a personal trainer. Um, my focus is primarily kettlebells. I'm a little bit of a kettlebell nerd. I also am really passionate about helping people improve their relationship with exercise. I've always felt like, especially when it comes to letting go of diet culture, there was just never enough talk about the exercise piece. There were always people talking about your relationship with food and your relationship with your body. But there's a lot of mental fuckery that goes on with the way that we relate to movement of all kinds. And so that's kind of my jam. Um, and I love teaching people how to strength train specifically, how to work with kettlebells, how to do that in a way that builds them up rather than tearing them down. Um, and I do that in person and online. Yeah, so cool. So obviously our values and our mindset towards exercise align so beautifully. So when you became pregnant, which was how many years ago now? It was not. It was 2020. How many years ago was that? Yeah. who even One knows? year ago, eight years ago. <laughs> Is that March of 2020? Uh, so you, I just really relate to your experience with going into pregnancy and motherhood and parenthood too, because I know that you were, can we say that maybe you were a bit on the fence about going yes. into pregnancy? Yeah, I was very ambivalent about it. I was back and forth about whether I even wanted kids at all, like so much so that I went to therapy over it at one point. I just wasn't sure. Um, and then I got pregnant like, oops. Um, and I was just like, okay, I guess this is what we're doing now. Um, I sort of felt like somebody just pushed me off into the deep end and I was like, okay, here we go. So here we go yeah so of course my second pregnancy was basically exactly like yeah that. a few times crying in therapy sessions about how do I do this do I do this do I even want to do this again so I really relate to that experience yeah so when you when you did become pregnant what was the conversation in your mind going on about is this the right move for me I don't think it's weird because I've always been, I've always been very like pro-choice. So like just in that regard, like no judgment against anybody that chooses anything different than what I chose, but there wasn't really a question in my mind because I wasn't opposed to it. If that made sense. I was just scared. Like I could remember going into that like first prenatal appointment and feeling very judged by the doctor that saw me because I was brutally honest. And I've always been brutally honest about my experience with pregnancy, but I was like, I'm more nervous than excited right now. And yeah, she was like, oh, well, maybe you should talk to somebody about that. And I'm like, thanks. I go to therapy for years. But, uh, I felt really judged around feeling that way, but I did. I felt more nervous than excited. And I also just felt God awful. Like I was so sick that whole first trimester. Oh yeah. It's so painfully brutal feeling that way. And you don't really, you can't really understand it unless you have felt that way. And then mm -hmm. if you have people are like, Ooh, yeah, it just, it's all consuming for your physical, mental, and emotional health. Yeah. Which makes pregnancy can make pregnancy just even more difficult, especially if you did feel ambivalent, perhaps going into mm -hmm. it. 
And that's what I felt in my second pregnancy that there just wasn't, it didn't feel like a ton of space to talk about that, to talk to other people about how terrified I was feeling. Like I was not excited really until the end of pregnancy. Yeah. People love to narrate your experience about what they think it should be. And I don't know if you experienced this, but I felt very much, and I think still do in the back of my mind, like someone's going to listen to this and think that I'm a terrible mother because I didn't dream about this since childhood. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I've had the same thoughts and it's also interesting. Both of us are white women, but I've also thought so much about how we actually have the privilege to be able to say that and have less judgment about us. A hundred percent is even more fucked up. Yeah. Like how many conversations are not being had? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So you came into pregnancy first trimester was tough times. Mm -hmm. And then what was your physical experience throughout the rest of? I remember, so I love to speak in analogies. I described it in a blog post that I wrote that it sort of felt like I was staying, like I was living in a body that wasn't my own. Like everything just felt foreign to me, sort of like the equivalent when you go stay at like a mediocre hotel and it like smells a little funny and the sheets are kind of scratchy and the air conditioning's making a weird noise. And like, (laughs) it like, it wasn't awful, but it just felt foreign and uncomfortable. And I could not wait to be done. I definitely wasn't, I wasn't blissful and glowing. And I think I also, I had a really big problem and still do have a really big problem about the way people obsess over wanting to like see your belly when you're pregnant and make a whole big deal out of it. But then the minute the baby is born, they want you to look like you never had it as if like a big bar- belly is arbitrarily beautiful when you're pregnant, but not if it's just full of pizza and beer. And I thought it was bullshit. And I was, <laughs> I think I pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because it is bullshit. And it, it is. is such a wild experience to feel that and experience that in your body with people really fawning over you and then we get to postpartum and really you know the support and care and interest especially in one's body can really just drop off so quickly disappear or just not be there at all right right okay so do you remember when you came into our two pregnancy and beyond fitness coaching program yes I do (laughs) tell me when that was and why you chose to pregnancy and beyond what you were looking for in a pregnancy fitness program. Yeah. So it was interesting because I never really necessarily considered myself doing any kind of like pregnancy fitness program. I almost had this idea. I think that like, well, I'm a personal trainer and I have a pre and postnatal fitness certification. I can figure this out myself. Like I was really wary of mom groups in general, but I wanted to be supported. Um, and I, I wanted a couple of things. I think, I mean, I've always, I've always enjoyed following a program written by somebody else just so I can take that like mental burden off of myself and focus on my clients. But I also just felt like I wanted somebody else to tell me what was okay. Um, and not just from a stance of like, like arbitrary rules, like 
don't lift more than this or don't do that. Like, because there's a lot of garbage advice, I think around fitness and pregnancy, but I wanted something that was like well thought out. And so also I think keep me in check a little bit um, because I have a tendency to think that I am the exception to the rule for everything. And I think there's something that people say a lot, which is like, just because you could doesn't necessarily mean you should. And I wanted to kind of hold myself accountable to continue to lift throughout my pregnancy in a way that felt good and mostly make sure that I just wasn't being stupid because I could. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. Just a bit of structure, a bit of confines for yourself. Exactly. what was your experiencing your experience like exercising throughout that whole pregnancy? So it was interesting because I think I've had for a lot of years, like the, like the ritual is what I call it of, of lifting and, you know, like going to the gym or in that case it was lockdown. So being at home, but having that little pocket of time that was me time. And that's always very important to me. And I think it was helpful for me, like even in the first trimester when I was, you know, super like nauseous and stuff, I felt like movement actually made me feel better. But then it got to the point when I was doing my normal things and I was like, this just doesn't feel good anymore. And I guess I just wanted to find or wanted somebody else to tell me what to do. Um, And then I was pleasantly surprised to find, I mean, I don't know why I was surprised, but to find that there were all sorts of things that I could do lifting wise that still did feel really good. And I was also pleasantly surprised, I think, to find that like what I thought was going to be like a quote unquote mommy workout was actually very similar to the same stuff that I had been doing all along. Yes. Yes. Prenatal and postnatal strength training looks very much like a well-rounded strength training program. Yeah, hang on, it really does. So then you continued to lift right until before or close to when you gave birth? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I think that last week, like right before I gave birth, I was just pretty miserable. My son was late, so I was like ready to be done. Um, but I really did. And I felt like it was, it was dosed appropriately. And I think that's the important part. Like the programming did look really similar to the things that I was doing before. Um, but maybe like slightly different variations of those same movement patterns to accommodate where my body was in that moment. Um, but also just dosed in a way that helped me, I guess, like maintain that baseline for myself without, you know, just beating myself into the ground. So that was really good. Um, And can I tell you like the best part, my favorite part? Please do. Um, It was the fact that there was stuff included to do like right after I had given birth. And it was so like, I didn't think you always hear like, you know, like don't do anything for six weeks. And then after six weeks, you can do like all the things or whatever. But like there were really simple. I remember just like some breathing and some pelvic floor exercises and some, you know, really like light gluten core stuff and some like, like like even like stretchy things. And it was really simple and it only took me like maybe 10 minutes, but that was so important. Like just being able to reclaim that little chunk 
of that me time, even if it was only like 10 minutes in the very beginning was so helpful. And I think really helped me rebuild my foundation after giving birth. That was my favorite part. That's so cool to hear. We talk about this so much, but that six week mark as this gold standard of when people can return to exercise, when you get that all clear from your medical provider, but really it's just so arbitrary. It doesn't mean a whole lot other than is your physical healing going okay? Is your C-section scar closed over? Are your perineal tears healing well? That is really the basics of it. And what's so cool is that movement, starting from very early on postpartum, like one week, two weeks in, can really support your healing process and so dramatically support your mental and emotional health postpartum too, which Uh we know, and so many people listening in know, like what a wild ride recovering from birth or pregnancy those early times of parenthood, it just is such a shakeup to your whole identity, life, and being that if you are a person who has used movement to support your mental and emotional health, we can get you back to that sooner than you might think. Yeah. And one thing that was really great about like following an actual structured program through that time versus just doing like random pre or postnatal workouts is that I could see myself progressing. Like I could see things getting easier. Like, oh, and I was also doing this, I should say in conjunction with pelvic floor physical therapy, but it's like, oh, hey, look, I can do I can do squats now with a little bit of a heavier weight than I did last week without leaking. And that wasn't the case before. And I can only imagine if I hadn't had that kind of base of support and then gone back to trying to do some of the things that I was doing before I got pregnant, I would have been so disappointed and probably just set myself up for all sorts of like awful bad habits and not good things. That's so true. I want to skip back to what you said about being wary of mom groups. Yes. (laughs) Because the Facebook group and the community support within two pregnancy and beyond is one of the pillars of the program. It's why people come. It's why people stay for years. So tell me, what are you generally wary of? Because I too am wary of the mom groups. (laughs) I just, I feel like moms can be so judgy. Um, and it's, and I think I got a lot of that from even people who weren't moms that just, you know, things about like breastfeeding, for example, I had a hard time breastfeeding and I wasn't cut out. I tried it for a while. I wasn't cut out to, you know, tough it out. I think there was one time where I just got very like uncomfortable. Um, I I won't go into like details and stuff, but I was like, I can't do this anymore. People are telling me to put like cabbage leaves. Is that a thing? Yes. Um, listen, if I got to put cabbage on my boobs, like I am out, like (laughs) we are done. We are doing the formula. And I appreciated that first of all, like the, like the fed is best thing was, you know, like I felt very comfortable talking about that in your group, but also like there were people that were totally like full on, like into the breastfeeding that like would have happily done the cabbage leaves. And I didn't feel judged either way. You know what I mean? People are like, we breastfed till my kid was five and that really worked for us. But Hey, there's nothing wrong if you want to do formula. And I was like, Oh, Yes. Thank you. 
that we can just like respect what each other are doing. I never, I never felt judged. I never felt shamed. Yeah. I mean, those, the people in that group, I know that I'm like technically the so-called leader and coach of that group, but it is, it's not even that it hasn't been since day one, which is almost eight years ago. Mm. It's just this really like co-leadership situation that has developed. And those people got me through both of my pregnancies, both early postpartum periods, like celebrated when we went to the formula, AKA the science milk, which was a term someone gave me. Yeah. So they were the first people I told that I was considering getting abortion with my second pregnancy. And Mm -hmm. it was just all like, whatever you need, whatever you need to do to take care of yourself and the baby, but yourself, like we are here for it. We will lift you up and cheer you on through it. And Oh, it just gives me goosebumps thinking about it because it really impacted how I've experienced these last eight years of my life. Yes. And I will say when you're talking about like, that's one of the reasons people come and people stay. So I remember eventually when I decided to leave, it was because I was training for a kettlebell certification and I had to start working on like those very specific kettlebell skills that I needed. So I needed to dip out, but there was a part of me that was like, maybe I can just stay and like do my kettlebell training, but like stick around just for the Facebook group. Like, I'm not going to lie. That's uh, that thought crossed my mind. So it very much didn't feel like a mommy group to you. Mm-mm. No, cool. not at all. In fact, it felt, it's interesting because I run a very similar, like I have um, an online group program that's just, you know, like not a pregnancy program. It's just like a different group of people that are in that most of my clients, for whatever reason, the people that I have attracted are child-free and child-free by choice. And so that's just like a very different vibe in my group. And I think a lot of the types of people that I've tended to befriend over the years, but like all the all the parents in that group, they it just, it felt the same. Like they felt like my people, even though yeah. I didn't think that like, mom people were my kind of people. Does that make sense? Does that sound weird? (laughs) Yeah, no, no, I totally get it. Do you feel like that has been uh, something you've cultivated in your real life too? Like, are you friends with many moms in your real life who share the same values and vibes that you do? No, to be honest, like to this day, most of my real life friends are also for whatever reason, child-free. Um, The only person, I I do have a couple of friends that have kids, but mostly like my person is my sister when it comes to talking about that. And my sister is very similar, I think, to the people in the group because of the fact that like she has approached motherhood so differently than I have, but we also have this like mutual respectful relationship of no judgment of each other's choices. Um, But I think that's really hard to come by. I don't know where I would even find those people. Thinking about yeah. our little like play group that we go to and our neighborhood and how like awkward I feel sometimes just like people are, you know, like it's in the middle of the day and I have a flexible work schedule. You know, I work for myself most of the time or teach in the evenings or train clients in the evening. So I can take my kid to a daytime play group. But, you know, there's just a lot of like stay at home moms in that group who just, you know, are totally like embracing that life and making their own Play-Doh. And that's wonderful. But I'm like, can I really tell you how I feel right now? (laughs) 
days. Yes. You don't, yeah. you don't so know. Really. But I think in your group, I was also, if I remember correctly, like when I did my intro, I feel like I just came out completely blunt. I'm like, listen, you guys, I don't know about you. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> just straight up. I'm not sure if y'all are going to be the fit. <laughs> and then everyone was like, hell yes, we're so excited to have you. And they were, and they were like, oh my God, I felt that way too. Like you're in good company here. Um, and it was really, really great. I love that so much. It's just really so important, especially if you feel like, yeah, the rest of the like parenting culture doesn't vibe to you in a lot of ways or not in your in-person groups as well too. Finding those people on the internet can be really powerful. So I'm so glad that you found us and that you came into the program and that we've stayed close all these I know. years because- I just love, I just love the work that you do and being connected with you and, you know, going through parenthood with you, you're just another person who the energy feels similar. And that's really nice to have along the ride. Absolutely. I will continuously sing the praises of your program to anyone, like anybody who needs that. Um, I don't know. I just, I feel like everybody, everybody needs it. Thank you. Thank you. Any last things you want to tell the people about two pregnancy and beyond anything you weren't expecting or just was impactful for you? It can, it can be hard sometimes to reach out for support or to think that like, oh, I can just, I can just do this myself. Like I can just, you know, pull up a YouTube video and, and do this or whatever. But I think the more support systems you can get in your toolbox, like whether that is like with fitness related stuff or, you know, with just like community in general or whatever, whatever you need just to get those things in place during and before is going to be so valuable because when you're in it, it's really hard to like retroactively go back and put those systems in place. So yeah, I would just say don't underestimate um, the fact that you don't need support. Like I always thought I was, you know, special and could like do this on my own. But like, you know, even if you can, sometimes it's just nice to have somebody else be there for you. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned in parenting. Just really do need more support and help and to not try to just tough it out on your own in all the ways. A hundred percent all the ways for real. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. A delight You're to welcome. talk with you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher.